oftentimes an employee might feel like they're a cog in the wheel. They, they come in, they do their part, push the button, you know, <laughs> flip the burger, you know, whatever it is. And as long as that just keeps happening consistently, the organization works, but it, it just makes you feel like you're just kind of spinning your wheels, right? What you just described transforms that employee from a cog in the wheel to a productive, valuable member of the organization that is worth more than the job description. Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success. And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. Hey, Josh, how are you? Hey, Matt, I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I am fantastic. Thanks for asking. So many T's. You had as many T's as you had A's in there. <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, again, keep it fresh. I have a question for you. Okay. When I say the word transform, what does that mean to you? Well, first I think of Optimus Prime. <laughs> and then I think about the experience economy, which we recently had co-author Joe Pine on the podcast. Yep. And the progression of economic value that transformation being even further than experiences where there is, there is a change within oneself that they become a new and better person because of whatever circumstance it was that transformed them. So what I just thought of when you said that was a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Ooh. Transforming into a butterfly. Right. Not a car turning into a robot. <laughs> no, that's not where my mind went, although a, a, a good place to go. Um, and so when we think about transformation, you know, I love the way you put that. This is really about kind of transforming from the inside out and not just kind of having a surface change. There's a, there's a, a vast difference between those two. Mm -hmm. and part of the reason I was going to ask about that is because, you know, certainly coming out of COVID and understanding kind of where we are as businesses, a lot of businesses are really talking about transformation and, and changing and, and improving and going in different directions. But from some of the people that I've talked to, they're like, we don't know what that means. Like it's one thing right. to experience economy and say, oh, we have to transform and there's steps in there, but how do we actually do it? So I thought it'd be kind of fun to kind of get into a conversation of, from our standpoint, what does it mean to truly transform? Right. And, and why should you want to transform, you know, and, and looking at, at the circumstance today and say, well, I, everything's going great, right? You know, the, the economy, like, you know, people are spending, you know, there was a, an, an outlook report that came from uh, Universal recently that said our, you know, our theme parks are seeing, you know, no, no signs of slowing down with, with growth. Uh, so there might be uh, objections to transformation, when there's a lot of good news. So I think part of it is also saying, well, what do we need to transform and what does that look like where we can get to the next level, whatever that next level might actually be? Yeah. One of the things that 
I always think about when people talk about, you know, all this growth, whether it's Universal or Disney or Six Flags or whoever, right? They're adding things, they're, they're growing their business, they're trying to grow their market share. Where are the employees coming from? Right. And that's one of the things that we're dealing with right now. Some people call it the great resignation. I've heard it called the great reset. Um, just the other day, somebody called it the great renaissance. Um, I think I kind of prefer reset or renaissance than resignation. Um, but we're in a position, we're in a time now where people are feeling different than they've ever felt before. Right. Mm -hmm. Some of that could be pandemic related. Some of that could be, you know, other things that are going on in their world and their lives. But I think we're in a, in a spot where if we don't maybe transform the business and how the business operates with employees and maybe the employee experience, then all that growth might be for naught, right? Or we Ooh. might say, we, we, we're opening this great new theme park, right? The Epic Universe is going to be opening. Great. But where are we going to find all the people to staff it, right? right? And, you know, for so long, so many people in our industry have counted on international students coming over. And even during the, the couple of years of COVID when that couldn't happen, you know, that really tied the hands of a lot of employers. So are we looking at a different way to staff our parks? Are we looking at a different version of growth where that growth may not be a new attraction, but something else that, that can enhance the guest experience but may not take as many staff members to do? I'm, I'm just throwing that out there, just kind of, you know, big picture. Well, I think what I'm hearing you say is that if there are both external and internal factors that are accelerating, let's say, uh, you know, it's, it's pandemic recovery, people are coming back, they're traveling again, they're visiting theme parks and attractions. Uh, so if we look at that and say, if we don't do anything on the inside, then there are could be negative consequences of of the growth or of uh, of the of the I don't know the rebirth of the economy. I would say like the as we head into I, I try not to use the phrase post pandemic, but that is sort of what I'm getting at. You're kind of dancing around it uh, to say if there's if there's not anything that we've done internally to transform our business to accommodate what the future looks like and whatever that is, then it could backfire on us. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to pick your brain a little bit on kind of our current state of guest experience, right? So, and I, we didn't prep for this at all. So you, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I have no idea what you're going to ask. I know, but I know you look at this all the time. Like if you could encapsulate where we are with our current state of guest experience, kind of how, how would you, how would you put that into words or how would you describe where we are given the fact that a lot of places are still short-staffed, right? There are still new things being offered. Um, there are new things that might be rolled out that didn't work as well as people thought they would. So I'm just curious from your standpoint and what you get to see across the industry, kind of if you could give us kind of the 10,000, 30,000 foot view of where are we with guest experience? Sure. Yeah. And obviously any answer I would give would be on very general terms sure. uh, when trying to like trying to speak broadly. And I think I, if we go back to actually the beginning of the pandemic, there was something that I said, uh, it was just as the industry shut down. And that was about uh, uh, your most loyal guests being the first ones to visit you when you reopen. And that only being half the statement, the second half being make sure that they know you know that. 
So it is about showing appreciation for the guest. So current state of guest experience kind of flash forwarding to today uh, would be actually to pose a question to just everyone who's focusing on their guest experience to say, do our guests know how much we appreciate them? It's been a very rocky couple of years. Uh, they are visiting us out of a want, out of a desire. Uh, we have something to provide them, entertainment. We have uh, an experience that we can give to them. And we want them to know that we recognize that they could do anything else. And they could be sitting at home binge watching Netflix. Uh, they could be doing nothing. They could be, you know... Doing, doing something in a tangential industry, you know, whatever that is. I, so showing your guests that you recognize that they don't need to be there. And whether that's your most loyal guests or you're not, or not, uh, I, I think it really goes down to, to every single guest to say, uh, how are you showing your appreciation just for their business in general? So the current state of guest experience and really going into the future should be this acknowledgement that this guest could do anything else. Uh, they did not need to visit us. And we want to make sure that they are aware of how much we appreciate them. So, you know, what's so interesting about that is that as much as you and I have been talking about the intersection of guest and employee experience, I'm thinking the exact same thing for employees, right? You know, your employees that come back are your most loyal and we need to be showing them how much we appreciate that and, and do so every day. And I think that's where I think the reset is coming from. Like if people are going back to organizations that don't show them that appreciation, whereas, you know, pre-pandemic, it might've been okay. Like they were, they were okay with, with whatever level of appreciation or, or pay or, you know, recognition that, that they were getting, but now something has shifted and their mind has reset a little bit and they're saying, this is not enough anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're looking for something where they have, and we've talked about this before, more agency in their own employment experience. When you go to work for an organization, no matter what organization that is, there is a, a, a giving up at least of some of your autonomy. Right. And, so, you know, depending on the organization and depending on where you are in that organization, what your role is, you may have different levels of autonomy than someone else, but you're always you're working for someone else whenever you're, whenever somebody else's name is on the paycheck, right? You're, you're working for somebody else. So whatever that level is, it might be different now. You know, the, the level of acceptance might be different now. And so you're seeing people that, you know, maybe instead of going back to whatever job they had, they're now driving Uber or they're, you know, yeah. they're, they're building a business on Etsy or they're doing something that they're saying, this is more fulfilling for me and that is more important to me than going back to this job for, for somebody else. Yeah, 100%. I, so when I was speaking about it from, from the guest standpoint to say, well, what are the alternative options? Well, you have your competition. You have, you have sitting at home binge watching Netflix, right? From the employee experience standpoint, what are the alternative options? Well, there's your competition or similar other types of businesses in your area who are hiring. And there's, like you said, driving for Uber or delivering for Amazon or, or types of things that offer so much more flexibility than our industry offers. Our industry thrives on controlling schedules because it is based off of specific operating hours. Uh, and yeah, you, 
you definitely have much more agency and autonomy if you are doing something like that. Maybe you're not making as consistent of an income. Uh, maybe it, there are other costs associated with that. Obviously, you know, if we talk about like driving for Uber or, you know, delivering, you know, on, on any of the delivery apps or whatever, then, then yeah, you've got your, uh, your maintenance costs and your fuel and things like that. Uh, but there is uh, that control over your schedule. So looking at uh, uh, really, I mean, this, this absolutely has to do with the intersection of, of guest and employee experience to say, what are you doing for your employees every single day to appreciate that they showed up for work? Yeah. Well, and I think I'm seeing, if we talked about the, the current state of guest experience, uh, you know, if we, if we transfer that to the current state of employee experience, I think we're seeing more and more people that are putting more and more emphasis on that exact thing, right? What are we showing our team members every single day that we do appreciate them? And so that might be, you know, teaching their leaders how important that is and, and how to do it. You know, thanking someone or showing some, just some genuine appreciation, it's not as natural as we think. Right. And, and some people actually really shy away from it and they don't, they don't feel comfortable doing it. And of course the other um, issue to that too, is that a lot of times we recognize or thank people in the way that we want to be thanked, but that might not be the way they want to be thanked or recognized. So there, all that soup comes together in, in, in a situation where even if we have the, the mindset of let's thank people, there are still hurdles to get over. Right. And so Again, when you show appreciation to a guest, when you show appreciation to a team member, that's got to be a daily mindset. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say it wasn't a daily mindset in the past, but I think it's got to come up the priority list a couple of ticks, right? Yeah. So that it's it's top of mind all the time. And I had a conversation just the other day with some folks where they say, "We know this is what we're supposed to do," but then the operation gets in the way. You know, the the day to day, the running of the the facility all those decisions, all those, all those responsibilities that people have. And by the way, if you see your team members doing something right they're they're, they're working, they're, they're doing all right, they're surviving, then that's okay. And then you go, you work on the operation where really that, and, and somebody said this the other day, they could be rotting from the inside out and you wouldn't know it until you talk to them and figured out how to show them appreciation and things like that. So um, I thought that was a really interesting analogy. Yeah. And I think part of it too is you say they they know what they need to do, but then the operation gets in the way. Uh, so I think the challenge would be, well, how do you operationalize the things that you know you need to do? Uh, and, and of course, it's easier said than done. And it's very easy for the two of us to talk about it on a podcast. Uh, and, and like, I won't you know shy away from that. Uh, but to say, hey, we have these employee appreciation initiatives, uh, just like we have guest experience initiatives, uh, how can we make sure that this is in our SOP for our leaders in the same way that we're training our frontline staff to deliver the service standard to the guest that comes off on a regular, natural, and consistent basis? So now we're really talking about, uh, well, we're talking about transforming the employee experience. <laughs> exactly. So I, I would love to kind of dive in a little deeper, peel back the onion, if you will, under the process of transformation. And then, and this is just off the top of my head, and then maybe focus on the future state 
of guest and, and employee experience, right? Okay. So, so put on your onion goggles. <laughs> that's right. So I know that you challenged me recently. Um, we are putting together a program for Niapa that's going to be coming up um, in a little bit. Actually, when this airs, I think it'll be the, the following week that we're going to be doing that program. And you really challenged me to say, look, we've had some people, some great people on the podcast that really talked about transformation. You mentioned Joe Pine, um, Dennis Mosley Williams, um, you know, people that really focus on not just changing something on the surface or not just saying, hey, we're going to go from a red form to a blue form, right? <laughs> That's not transformation. Um, but really kind of starting again from the inside and, and transforming um, people, transforming organizations. So I'm curious maybe to start off, what were some of your takeaways or things that you remember that they talked about that was important for a transformation and not just a surface change? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, this could be fun. So yeah, first off, yeah, as we were planning this event for Niapa, we definitely, you and I have had like this, like these powwow conversations of, we are going to create this is not just an education seminar. This is an experience. It will be memorable. It will be transformational. And then we both kind of said, okay, well, how do we do that? <laughs> you know, it, we've, got the, we've got the intention there. Uh, I'm hoping we can pull it off, right? We're recording. You know, this will release even before, before this actually happens. I, so I've, I've thought about a few different things. And, and you're right. I thought about our conversations with Joe Pine and with Dennis Mosley Williams and Vince Cadlew back from Meow Wolf, and uh, even going back uh, close to the beginning, Case Lawrence, there are some of the things from that interview, founder of Circus Tricks, that I still, I'll still quote that podcast. <laughs> like, and that, like, he was our most downloaded interview for quite a while, actually. And, and like, it was, you know, there's so many just, just amazing things in that. I, uh, so I, at the core, the, experience that we're intending to design is to leave a memory. And that memory is based off of a desired emotional outcome that we have for our audience members of this event, of this experience, right? That memory will then linger and will turn into actions on a daily basis that hopefully we've influenced through our guidance and through our training and the, and the session that we deliver uh, that then makes them feel like an even better leader, supervisor, manager, team member, I don't know, attractions industry ambassador, whatever, whatever you will. Uh, as we're planning the session, thinking about, well, how can we give as much agency as possible to the people who are in the room? So it's not just us standing and talking for eight hours, which we could do very easily. We could very easily stand and deliver an eight hour presentation without skipping a beat, right? <laughs> but we're talking about, well, okay, how can we put more of that into the hands of the attendees to, uh, uh, so that they co-create their experience that then leads to their memory. And then Obviously, we, we want them to, to tell everyone how great it is. So how can that be shareable? What can we do to naturally make it so that they are, you know, are wanting to post on LinkedIn, wanting to post on Twitter or, or Facebook or whatever it is about it? Uh, so I would say those are, are some of the things that perhaps kind of have, have lingered in our discussions that we've said, all right, well, how do we deconstruct this and, uh, and create the actual meat and potatoes of the event from it? And one of the things I think for me, I will, I will say that has been really important about this process is keeping some of those 
those milestones, if you will, or those, those thoughts in mind. So, I mean, I've, you know, developed and delivered many training programs. So if you, it can be very easy for us to kind of fall into a, um, a typical pattern, right. You know, that you, you put this together, you do the PowerPoint, you do a workbook, you know, all those different things, but I kept in my mind, the word transform, right? So is this transforming the person or transforming the experience that is something vastly different than anything we've done before? And I think, first of all, this is the first time you and I have done this long of a session together, right? So that's a transformation for the two of us, right? This this will experience. So that's a, a piece of it. Um, but I also really liked what you said there about creating a memory that they want to take with them. And so one of the things that you did, hopefully I'm not giving too much away, but you started off with really literally with the end in mind, like this is what we want it to look like at the end. And again, for me, that really helped drive the things that we talked about doing because I had a very specific end goal. Usually when I, when I put together a program, I have the learning goals, right? And I, I have this, these are what we want people to do. And you know me and my no feel do, right? Here's what I want yes. people to know. Here's what, how we want them to feel. Here's what we want them to do. And we're still using that model, but we're also kind of taking it a little bit deeper and saying, here's the, here's the review that we want them to write about our program. And now how do we build it so that they transform to the point where that is the review that they are that they are writing. So um, I think just a couple of, of takeaways from that in, in terms of, okay, we wanna transform it, but how do we do it? To me, it's about having that, I'll just call it a North Star, the North Star of transformation and this ending emotion that you want people to have. And then that informs all of your decisions about what you do in that context to create that outcome. Yeah. And I think one of the challenging things here, and this goes for our upcoming session at Niapa, and it goes for a, a zoo, a theme park, a water park, aquarium, whatever that is, is when seeking to transform, how do you know when it's accomplished and who makes that decision? If I remember correctly, it's not us. Right. Right. Like it's, it's, we may set out to transform the educational experience of what we're going to do this, this educational seminar. Ultimately though, it's the participants that will say, wow, that was transformative. That really Mm -hmm. spoke to me. That was something that, yes, I can use this as I move forward. Am I, am I right? Am I on the right track? Am I remembering? Yeah, I I think so. But but does the, does the participant do they know that they're transformed or are we going to know that at the end of the summer? Yeah. You know, like it, it's, it's so interesting because it's, it's so vague, but it's, uh, we know what the desired outcome is, but like you said, we don't get to make that decision. And those listening, watching right now, you don't get to make that decision for your guests, for your clients, for your customers, whatever that is. I, and does the end user even know when it's happened? If you take a trip to Disney World and you come back, uh, you're feeling a lot of things. You're probably exhausted. You're probably checking your credit card bill, like whatever that is. Uh, but at the same time, you're you're sharing all these stories. You're you know you're you're reviewing the pictures with your family, friends, all that, and the transformation is more so baked into everything you do in life from that point forward. Maybe not everything you do in life, but for, you know, for 
how you view certain things. Well, and maybe even what you do professionally, right? If you're, if you're, you know, like if you're going to Disney, even as a guest, and then you see things that you can apply to your business potentially, or, you know, you come to this seminar yeah. that we're talking about and you, you do things differently. Um, as you were saying that I wrote down future behavior. So mm. would this, would that be the, the measurement of transformation if you behave differently, right? Or you think differently, right? So for example, our session is just like we're talking about here, the intersection of guest and, and employee experience. So if someone walks out of there, well, let me back up. If someone walks in and says, or thinks and has the mindset and has been operating this way for years that guests and employees are very different, right? And you have to treat them differently and you have to have different uh, concepts and different tactics and different strategies. And if they walk out of there and they say, oh, they're actually pretty pretty closely related because it's all about human beings and to drive loyalty in a guest is similar to driving retention in an employee, similar concepts, just a slightly different audience. Is that a transformation, right? And then does that in, inform their future behavior? So is, are, have they been quote unquote transformed? I think if they recognize a change in their thought process, then I think that that's an indicator of transformation. I, there was a webinar that you and I did a couple of years ago uh, during, it wasn't during the, the initial lockdown, but it was, it was definitely during the summer 2020. Uh, someone reached out to us afterwards and said, I've been in this business my entire career and I've never thought about this in this way. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, I mean, I thought that was so cool like to hear that uh, and that it clearly meant, okay, something that, we presented during this webinar, which I guess can be defined as an experience, right? Because it, it imprints a memory and that memory was, here's how I'm going to operate or function in the future or when faced with these particular situations. Uh, and I've never, I've never looked at it this way. Uh, and, and I've heard that a, a couple of times throughout, throughout the, the guest experience workshops I've done or, or presenting at, at a conference. And that I think is the best compliment of I've never thought of it that way before. Now, if we take that and we uh, convert that into, you know, employee experience or into guest experience to be able to do that uh, for, uh, you know, for your staff, for your guests, then, uh, then the question is, what is the shift in the way that they think that they will no longer think of this, of this topic in the same way as they did previously? Well, I think one of the things, if I'm understanding your question right, is they go back to their facility, right? And now they're thinking, hey, these two things are more closely related than we thought. So we shouldn't be approaching them in two different ways, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing that I, I um, think about a lot of times in, in that scenario is marketing, right? Because so often marketing is used to get guests in the door, bring awareness to the, to the offers that you have and those kind of things. And I know some people are really tapping into their marketing team for their recruitment, but a lot of places are not, right? right. And that's one thing that I would say, okay, if, if there's a marketing professional who knows how to get people's attention, right, and get them to take an action, and you, you do that for a guest, so you get their attention and you get them to buy a season pass or a membership or whatever it is, well, that's the same process because, again, we're talking about human beings to get someone to be aware of the jobs that you have and fill out an application. Right. right. So it's awareness and action. So th that to me would say, okay, let's, let's not reinvent the wheel. And I've been on many HR teams where we were 
kind of in a vacuum and trying to figure out how do we how do we recruit people how do we you know do all these different things when we had a marketing department that probably could have helped us out a lot if we're doing all of this already i know they were hired (laughs) if 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 we would have connected those dots if we would have looked at these similar yeah. So then I think even like drilling this down further to the, you know, to the leaders who are listening to this or watching this to say, how can I do that for my employees? So if it is, um, I want my employees to recognize how much they're appreciated, uh, recognize how valuable their job is or how important their job is. Uh, what can I do to transform that way of thinking? Let's say you have, you know, some employees who are constantly calling in late or calling in sick, or just, uh, you know, they're, they're just constantly getting getting dinged on attendance, right? Well, you want that, you want the performance to improve, right? At least that should be the default compared to I want this employee to go away and I want to replace this employee. So the question would be, okay, well, how can I make that employee say? I've never thought of it that way before. And now they're going to start coming in on time. Now they're going to stop calling in as much, something like that. And then even the same thing for, you know, for the guest experience of, uh, you know, a guest who's, um, I mean, guest, guest complaints, right? There's like so many things with the guest complaint resolution strategy that uh, maybe we can make the guests say, oh, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way. Uh, and now it's transformed their way of thinking when they actually leave the venue. And then now that's still sort of marinating as they, as they go home and, you know, and, and that amplifies their satisfaction. Sure. Well, I think that as human beings, we think of things from our own vantage point first, right? And often we have blinders on, so we don't see kind of the periphery. We don't see things from other people's perspectives until we actually try to, right? That takes effort to do that. That takes a willingness to see things from another person's perspective. So when you talk about it from a guest perspective, you know, and something has gone wrong for somebody, well, I don't care about the policy and everybody else, right? I just want you to take care of me, which is understandable, right? But if you have a a well-informed and well-trained manager who can say, well, here's why we do this, and here's how it actually benefits you and other people, and, and start to get them to see a little bit of the bigger picture, Right. And then they say, oh, well, I never thought about it that way. I never thought about why an organization might do this and how it actually benefits me. But right now, maybe something just went wrong. You're going to you're going to fix it, whatever. But they never thought of it that way. And I think the same thing can be done with an employee. And this this is the part that I deal with more often, because so often, you know, frontline employees, they see what's in front of them. They see their friends, they see the other people they're working with, they see the guests. They never see inside that boardroom where decisions are being made. And I use the analogy of a helicopter. And I don't know if I've done that here on the on the podcast before, but when you're in a helicopter and you're down on the ground, you literally only see what's around you, right? But as that helicopter ascends up into the sky, you start to see the plots of land around you and you can see how it all fits together. And it's very similar to rising up through an organization, right? Going up the ladder. When you're a frontline employee, again, you see the other people around you. You see what decisions have been brought down to you that you're now going to implement. But as you move up into a lead and a supervisor and a manager and a director and a VP role, you now start to see how all the departments fit together and how they're all interdependent on one another and how a foods employee may not understand why the rides department is doing something. 
but somebody in a director or VP level who can see them both and can see the reasoning behind both of those, they understand how they fit together. They understand mm -hmm. why when a ride breaks down, they're coming over to that food stand to get water or to get lemonade or to get, you know, whatever it is to, to, to focus on the guests. They just see this ride operator who they've never met before asking them for bottles of water. Right. So you don't you don't have those dots connected on that level. But of course, the people that are at are at higher levels because they made those decisions, they have that information. So I think also that is about transforming the way we communicate and bring all that information as much as is, is appropriate down to the people where it really matters. Um, yeah. One of the one of the things I did with with an organization was. You know, that in that very scenario, right, with the ride operators and the and the foods folks, and we kind of built into the training program, like the the first on the job training, is that you took that ride operator and you went over to the food stand and introduced them, right, and so now there's a, a face with a name, and now you can say, hey, when a ride breaks down, you're going to come see Melinda, and she's going to be able to give you bottles of water. And so there was a, there was the communication before it needed to happen, so that people understood how that all fit together. The way that I see this too is uh, the way that you're transforming the employee experience and the way that you're changing the way that they think is that oftentimes an employee might feel like they're a cog in the wheel. They, they come in, they do their part, push the button, you know, <laughs> flip the burger, you know, whatever it is. And as long as that just keeps happening consistently, the organization works, but it, it just makes you feel like you're just kind of spinning your wheels, right? What you just described transforms that employee from a cog in the wheel to a productive, valuable member of the organization that is worth more than the job description, mm. that is worth more than the function that, uh, that they were hired for, that they were hired to do, uh, and brings their mindset into a much more proactive and productive uh, environment, I would say, to say, okay, Ride's broken down. I know the the lead at the food stand. So I know I can go get bottles of water. If you're in the cog and the wheel mindset, you're like, ride broke down. I'm going to sit on the platform until we're back up. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> and, you know, it goes back to what you said earlier. I know I should go get water, right? But I don't know the procedure. I don't know the person in there. They're going to yell at me. You know what I mean? So there's, there's <laughs> other um, systemic barriers that get in the way, even though that person thinks, Hey, this is what I should do, but I'm choosing not to for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So could we transform the conversation a little bit? So we've talked about the transformation process. Let's talk about future state, right? Okay. So when you think about where the guest experience, maybe not should go, but could go, I mean, let's, let's, let's go blue sky, right? Um, which I know we've kind of explored a little bit in the, in the past, but um, based on what we've talked about, how would an organization get there and, and put those things in, in the, into reality that would be truly transformational that could take their guest experience to the, to the next level and beyond where they can even think about it? All right, so <laughs> gonna give an example here uh, or, uh, or an anecdote. In the early days of Airbnb, before they became like anything close to, to what they are right now, uh, the founders, they had a meeting and they were talking about what the current state of... Uh-oh. 
even a little bit further. Hold on a second. Did I, did I cut out? I saw yeah. you freeze for a little bit. I thought you were just very... I <laughs> uh, just think my internet's unstable. Oh. You could probably go back to the starting of the Airbnb. That's kind of where it cut off. Yeah. Just give it a second here. Sure, sure. I don't know why. The full bars. Okay. All right, let's try this again. Go for it. So I'll give an anecdote here that actually uh, was a story that I've heard from the early days of Airbnb, long before Airbnb became you know nearly as big and, and as popular as it is today. Uh, the founders were looking at their current state of the guest experience, and they said, well, it's a five-star experience. And you show up and it works. You can get into the house. The house is clean. It's well-maintained. It's put together. It, it meets everything that's in the description, whatever it is. The host is nice and responsive. It's a five-star review. They said, well, what's a six-star experience? So well, the host greets you at the door. They give you a tour of the house. They tell you you've got a reservation at, at the best restaurant in town that's so competitive you can barely get into it. Uh, they have a bottle of your favorite wine, whatever it is. So well, it's a seven-star experience. What's an eight-star mm. experience? What's a nine-star experience? What's a 10-star experience? Well, your plane lands and you're getting off of it like when the Beatles landed in the United States in 1964. You've got a mob of fans chasing after you. you know? What's an 11-star experience? Well, you, you get off the plane and Elon Musk is there and says, get in the rocket ship, we're going to space. <laughs> uh, so they said the 11-star experience is completely not feasible. Uh, although this was long before Elon Musk went to space. So I don't know, maybe it's, you know, it's a little closer to that. Uh, so they said, if the 11-star experience is completely ridiculous, completely not feasible whatsoever, it kind of makes that six-star experience pretty reasonable, very accessible, and maybe even the seven-star experience as they started to kind of add more meat in the bones there. I, so when looking at the future of guest experience, and so whether this is at the macro level for our entire industry or just for your organization, you could say, well, what is our 11-star experience? What, can, what would happen that would add another star to the review without limit? So this is like a, a blue sky, kind of no bad ideas type of meeting to say, uh, what's something that even if it isn't even remotely feasible, uh, that would then bring that guest experience to the next level. So once you have that, now you can pull back and say, well, if this was completely ridiculous, what is it, or what else did we come up with that is way beyond what we're doing right now that actually has some elements of reality into it? And what can we do to actually uh, bring some of those ideas to fruition and put them into place? And we'll continue to brainstorm and we'll continue to keep coming up with absolutely ridiculous ideas and then when we backtrack, we realize that there's actually a lot more that we can do than, uh, than we'd be able to if we looked at five star as the goalpost. So if, instead of looking at it as the finish line, look at that as, as the starting line. I love that. I love that. And you can use that in so many different areas where the, you know, the stars are not the limit. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. or, or TripAdvisor, right? You've got the little dots, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> if all those dots are filled in, that's still not good enough. Right, right, you're done, right? Yeah, no. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's that's so much of the mentality. I know it is like if I look at something, if I'm looking at you know a, a something I might want to purchase on Amazon, and I say, 
hey, it's got a five-star review. Well, is that the best it could be? Now I'm thinking that, right? <laughs> um, but I, I also think, you know, if we translate that to the employee experience and you, you might do an employee satisfaction survey and, you know, people get, give you a, a five out of five out of five, and I'm very satisfied. I would absolutely recommend this. Well, great. What is a six star? I love this. What does a six star employee experience look like? Well, right. you greet them when they come in, right. Or something like that, or, you know, you've got your, your, your bottle of uh, bottle of water for everybody when they come in, whatever it is, right? Whatever that parallel is, but it's that it's the mindset that can be truly transform transformative. Whereas if you say we're okay with a five star employee review, and then you just kind of stop. Yeah. Right. So think about it. What's the six star, seven star, eight star, and then what's actually feasible that you can do? And even if it's one little thing. I mean, that's, that's the thing I think that, that I hope people don't think you have to do so much all the time to be transformative. You can take one little step, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you were to say, we want to give every employee a cake on their birthday and throw them a party. Okay. Well that, that, that's tough, but what if you gave them a $10 Starbucks gift card? Is that more than you're doing right now? Yeah. 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 And is that within the realms of something you can invest in $10 per year per employee? Yeah. Yeah. I saw something just the other day, we were talking about, you know, getting things done and being productive and, and somebody had written on a, on a sheet that said 70% is better than 0%, mm. you know? So if you get to 70% of that eight star review, you're probably, st- I don't know the math, but you're still probably ahead <laughs> of your five star review, right? Yeah. Um, so even if you do 70% of what you thought you were going to do with the birthday cake for everybody, if you do something, you're still moving in the right direction. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people will say, well, it's too big. We can't do it. So we're going to keep, keep on the path that we're on. Whereas if you do one little thing, one small thing, and you said the word consistency earlier, if you do it consistently, whether it's for guests or employees, you're going to make a difference over time. And eventually you may actually transform that experience, but you won't do it unless you take those little steps in in the first Mm -hmm. place. Yeah. And it's consistency through operationalizing it. Like going on that, on that birthday example, you've got all your employees' birthdays. You've got that information very easily at your fingertips. Is there a way to trigger a notification that then gets a $10, $5 Starbucks? doesn't even matter, right? Or whatever it is, even if it is uh, just, just an announcement. If you've got a Slack board, there's actually a birthday bot that you can install that sends everyone in the notification or everyone a notification in the company. And then they can wish happy birthday to that employee. Yeah. That's way better than not recognizing it at all. And I know that that's just like one small example of something you can yeah. do. Yeah. Well, and I, I would tag on to your, um, your gift card idea because again, people, um, like different kind of recognition. Right. So, you know, when you go into a hotel and they say, oh, we see you've been here before. You like the fluffy pillows or whatever. They put those in the notes. Why couldn't we do that for team members? Right. This team member likes Starbucks gift cards. This team member, you know, would prefer a, a, a gas card or this team member would blah, 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 whatever. And so now you're personalizing the experience, which would get you to a wow, probably quicker. Right. And then transforming how that person is viewed as an individual and as a, as a contributor to the whole. It reminds me of something I did a long time ago. It was, um, it was when we were opening Legoland 
uh, and I was I was working for Pixel, so the the photo team, and I think it was on everyone's job application. Applicate what well, it was some form when they started employment. We just asked them what their favorite candy was, and without any like, like it was like it was like an icebreaker type of thing. But now we've got all this information that Matt, I can give you Reese's Pieces on your birthday, you know, like you know, and and I'll get M and M's because that's my favorite yes. candy, you know, whatever it is. Uh, so it's something really small but also kind of goes into mass customization, which we also learned about in our interview. <laughs> we, did. So we, did. we did. There you go. But, it, but it, it, it is really important because of what you just said that every employee wants to be recognized in their own specific way. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you have this consistency, uh, make sure it's, uh, if it's not a one size fits all approach, make sure that built into that consistency is the mass customization and the ability to personalize it because personalization and consistency should not be opposites of each other. They can be when you implement a one size fits all approach. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when you look at the individual aspects of each team member or hopefully every single guest, which obviously is much more difficult because you don't necessarily, well, you might have their birthday if they're, I don't know, you you, you might have that in the data that you collect from them. Obviously, again, that's just one thing. the more you know about that individual, the better equipped you are to serve it, provided you put the systems in place to be able to operationalize it and do it consistently. Boom. I was going to ask you for some kind of final words, but I think you just did it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably come up with something way better in an hour, but you know. Sure. We, yeah. What are, what are your final words, your thoughts? My final thoughts are, don't think this is too big. Right. Um, I think a lot of, again, a lot of folks will look at transformation as a big word and it's going to take a a big effort. And over the course of time, that's true. But even in a big organization, if every person did one little thing, it's going to have an immense uh, impact. Right. Mm -hmm. And especially thinking from the employee experience, you know, if, if managers spent five more minutes, you know, thinking about their employees and prioritizing them and, and looking at, how they can serve them better and how they can take their, their five-star employee experience and make it a 10-star employee experience and what that looks like. Even just a few minutes brainstorming about that, that could be transformational because then when you walk out in the park and you see them, now you might be thinking, oh, there's that thing I thought about. It's actually easier to implement than I thought. I'm going to go ahead and do it, right? And mm-hmm. so there your behavior has changed, your mindset has changed, and it probably didn't take all that much effort. Um, so I think that's my, my, even my takeaway, just thinking about this is looking back at our NEAPA program, how we did that or how we're doing that, how we're hopefully doing that. And looking is, forward to it. <laughs> is, is that we kind of started with the end in mind and then working toward, toward what that is. But the other thing is even in our, you know, maybe call it an experiment, we didn't do it all at once. We've had a number of sessions along the way and we've kind of brainstormed in between and thought about things. And so that's been a, a progressive process. So I think that's another lesson. It doesn't have to happen all at once. Yeah, yeah. We started very blue sky, pulled up a, a Google doc and said, nine o'clock to 9.05, icebreakers. <laughs> and I was like, wait, we can't do it this way. <laughs> we need to really, we need to get in the helicopter and we need to go up and we need to look at that's all right. of it. So, and it was a slight modification to your metaphor, but uh, but you know what? So that's our thoughts on this. I, I, I would love to hear comments, suggestions, uh, ideas, ways that people are thinking about this within their own organizations as well. So uh, if you're listening to this, 
If you're on Twitter, tag us at Attraction Pros. Uh, if you're on LinkedIn, tag Attraction Pros there. Facebook too. I uh, really want to know as far as uh, just what you're doing to implement some of the things that we're talking about here. And if you are um, uh, wanting to email us, it's attractionpros at gmail.com. You can email us your thoughts and uh, we'd love to hear it, just like Josh said. And uh, tell us what you're going through. Tell us how you are transforming your experience or heck, even if you're having trouble transforming it, let us know. We'd love to kind of talk a little bit more. So um, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. Josh, did you enjoy it? I absolutely did. And uh and wish us luck at the upcoming Neapa uh, Spring Leadership Seminar. I know you and I are both so excited to uh, to deliver what we've what we've been putting together, and uh, and hope that it truly is transformative. We hope so. We hope so. So, whether this episode was transformative or not, will be it will it will remain to be seen. But uh, for everybody who's been out there watching and listening, just remember we are all attraction pros. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.